you're about to enter the town of Brindlewood Bay. This small coastal town looks very much like any other in New England, full of kitschy stores and little shops, all designed to catch the eye of the hundreds of tourists who visit year-round. Imagine autumn leaves rustling in the crisp fall wind, summers filled with endless ice cream and laughter, winters made for holiday movies. Many of the residents have spent their entire lives in Brindlewood Bay, their families present at its founding. It's the very definition of idyllic. But its perfection is only a veneer. Six women, in the twilight of their lives, meet each week to bond over their shared love of mystery novels. But all is not as it seems, and these women will soon find themselves at the heart of a mystery all their own, because Brindlewood Bay is a home to many dark secrets. A world of shadow exists right under the very noses of our murder mavens. They may find the clues to solve the string of murders staining their town, but will they find the clues that unlock the secrets of the void itself? Welcome, friends, to Brindlewood Bay. We are getting cozy up in the Flying Bison podcast, y'all. I got my PJs on. I actually do have my pajama shorts on. They are super comfy. I am curious about something. Uh, what are all of your cozy activities? Like in real life? In real life, Danny. What do you do that's a cozy thing? Well, for me, it's probably recklessly speed driving from Chicago to Milwaukee to try okay. to make it to a podcast recording on time. Hey, Danny, can I ask you a question? What were you yeah. doing uh, before that? I was chilling at your house. Oh, could you have left at any point today? Yeah, but, you know, I I had my sister. She had to shower. <laughs> All day. All day. No, she, she also, like, didn't decide to shower until, like, two o'clock. You have a super <laughs> portable audio setup. Like, you could have just brought your stuff to Justin's, too. Just, just stay there. Reason I didn't, for some reason, I didn't foresee. We went, to, so we had gone to Chicago for my sister's birthday uh, yesterday. And I did not, for some reason, foresee us staying the night there. For some reason, I believed my sister when she said, oh, yeah, we'll leave that night. Welcome to the official roast of Danny Wigman. We call this show Everybody on Danny. Everybody on Danny. Everybody on, not on my side. It's on me. Yeah, just also, on how me. did it take you three hours to drive from Chicago to Milwaukee? Oh, we didn't leave at two. We left at like, we left at like three. That would have been four hours. Three, mm-hmm. still three hours. The three hours? Danny, well, we recorded yeah. 6 p.m. It takes an hour and 45 minutes to drive from Chicago was, to Milwaukee. I don't know, it was rush hour. It was rush hour. This was like a good interrogation of, prep scene right now. Right? For, are we practicing for when we where interrogate were you the scene children? Of the <laughs> Wait, where were you, you at the scene of the crime? That doesn't make any Danny, sense. We're, we've got about an hour and 15 minute window where we don't have any you want to count it for. Uh, do you mind explaining where you were during that time? Uh, I was actually, I was on top of my car and I had bungee cords um, inside to steer the wheel because um, there was a raccoon in the car. And so I couldn't be inside of it. I have undying respect for you if you did that. <laughs> car surfing. I was to car get back surfing. To Milwaukee. While a raccoon is in your car, you're driving while it with bungee cords. That's the incredible. Entire, the entire time, my friend and my sister were just screaming in the car. Oh, they were with the raccoon. Yeah, they were with the raccoon. Oh, that wasn't noble at all of you. <laughs> nope, I left them in the car with the raccoon. So uh, cozy activities, anyone? <laughs> I feel like I haven't hit my my old lady stride yet. No, I think I'm going to be doing the same thing later that I'm doing now. You know, I'm just going to probably playing the same video games, too. 
video games are a cozy activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, video games can totally be a cozy activity. Yeah, I'm just saying that I'll be playing the same ones. That's fine. <laughs> I just that's started okay. Mass Effect again. That's like I mean, yes. that's that's the playthrough. thing. That's the thing about a cozy activity is like anyone else would look at it and being like, "How in the world could Doris guard it every day for the last X amount of years?" You guys want to hear something funny? Do you garden every day? No. Um, you want to <laughs> hear how many hours I have on Fallout New Vegas? Yes. Please. Oh no. Oh no. Uh, Monroe's interested. Uh, seven seventeen hundred hours. That's a lot of hours. Wow. Uh, that's that's just on my Steam account. That I've played it on the console. Uh, on Fallout Four, which I only played on PC, that I have twenty five hundred hours. In. So it's it's a cozy activity. <laughs> that's a so cozy. Those games. <laughs> I, yeah. I could never really get into the Fallout games. That's Some, something about the post-apocalyptic thing that I'm just not... I don't vibe with. It's fair. They're not very good. Well, New Vegas. It's true. But I have heard that's good. I, I can. I think I can pretty say with some authority that the games aren't that good. <laughs> I've played, played a lot of them. You know, uh, speaking of Fallout 2, I feel like I do need to apologize to Danny and Monroe because I think when we talked about this last, Danny had looked it up on IMDb and was like, Monroe, you played, and it was a, it's a goofy character name. It's very funny. And I was like, there's no way that's the name of, of Monroe's <laughs> character. And I looked it up later and I, I can't, now I can't find it. Uh, I've tried like figuring it out and I, but do you remember what your character's name was in New Vegas? I was just a DLC character, so I didn't get an actual full name. I was just a captain. Uh, yeah, it's like cap. It starts with a C. It's like Captain something. Yeah, I mean, there's a possibility that fans gave it a, the, her own name, but when I was oh. given the script, I was not given an actual name, just Captain. Just, it was just Captain. A, it was just DLC stuff, so it wasn't okay. something that was supposed to make a major impact. Which, yeah. um, Nick, did you ever play any of the DLC stuff? Uh, I've played through everything that followed the Vegas. Sorry. To, yes. to clarify my old, <laughs> earlier statement, Fallout New Vegas is a good game, but it's it's like, yeah, it's a departure from the rest of the Fallout content. Oh, for um, sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- I'd say the same thing about with the tri- the classic games. That one is kind of the only good one, but oh yeah, um, yeah. New Vegas, I've played everything before that game. I've played most of the biggest mods. Uh, yeah, every yeah. There probably isn't a shred of content I haven't seen. I actually just decided. I was like, you know, I'm going to download New Vegas for the sole purpose of trying to find Monroe. (laughs) I'm not very far into it yet, but uh, but now I have to know I have to get through all of the main content and to get to the DLC. Can I know which DLC it is? I don't even know. We're not told any of that. We're just just hired just to do the voices and... Given a certain like, form, and that's it. Because if, yeah. I think if I was playing like a main character, I would know a lot more. But sure, because yeah. I was just a DLC character, they were like, yeah. oh, it is what it is. The funny thing about the base game is that basically every character is voiced by like three different dudes. Yeah. And that that's yeah. it. <laughs> that's the thing about being a voice actor is that once you're in, you're in. Like the guy who does like SpongeBob is the voice for just like everybody. Everything. Yep. <laughs> so it's like once you're in, you're in. Yeah. Can, can't leave the, the VA life. <laughs> it haunts you forever and ever. Uh, any other cozy activities? I, do, I guess I do a rotation of creative things. 
You're so. pretty. You're a very cozy individual, Steve. <laughs> Thank you. Most of your, you have a very like mellow. That's such a nice thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes I'll write songs. Um, sometimes I'll write stories. So usually it's something like that. But I often go for walks too. Walks twice, twice a day or so. Oh man, it's a lot of walking. Yeah. Sometimes it's just one a day. That's how he gets those biceps. Yeah. It's workable. workable. I walk on my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Uphill. Both ways. (laughs) Yeah. It's cozy. I'm a huge uh, board game person. I feel like that's my cozy activity. It's kind of out of I can attest. Is it? Yeah. I wasn't expecting that at all. Really? Wait, you play board games? Oh, are you being sarcastic? Stop, guys. (laughs) If if you guys could see just what's off camera to the left of Justin right now. Yeah. (laughs) It's literally just like a a pile of board games. Is that that all of them? That's all. That's most of them. I've got this cart behind me here that's got like a few expansion packs and all my like tabletop role playing game stuff. Uh, and then just three pals. I need to buy some some bookshelves for him. But like last night uh, was Mia's birthday, like Danny said. Sorry, last night was uh, Danny's sister's birthday and they were in Chicago. And uh, we have a four-year-old. So like I took Rio back home, put him to bed. And oh, it was wow. just me because everyone else wanted to stay out and drink and have fun. And uh, I was like, man, I've got like the house to myself. And I just pulled out this board game that I just got and pulled it up and played like a a a game that took me like four hours oh it was just me and it was so much fun i just sat at my table and played by myself for four hours all right show them your closet your little storage (laughs) of all the board games i can't move my camera that far sadly (laughs) 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 touch to my computer but we'll have to we'll talk board games (laughs) later just just gets obliterated (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have a board game room. <laughs> oh man, I want to. That's the dream. I'm sure that's the dream between Nikki and Danny and Dan right now. Like they're just gonna, <laughs> yeah. Um, we uh, just for context, we do play board games. Just like you know, how I think it's just something new that that we're all trying to do like once a month at least. Oh, nice. I think with like, uh, would you say yeah. that, Nikki? Like the past yeah. couple of months, like we've done it more consistently. But, yeah. So. Board games are fun. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like them. I wouldn't say that they're my cozy activity. Mine is more writing fantasy stories. It's a good one. What do you maybe give us a hint? What are you writing right now? <laughs> um, so the original idea I've been working on is a young adult sci-fi fantasy about a crew traveling through space to find these um, mythical creatures that can help them defeat a demon lord. Ah. Yeah. Love it. Sick. I love that. I want to make a video game out of it. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. I was like, that should be a video game. It was very or much inspired by a... JRPG video games. Okay. That ah. sounds very JRPG. <laughs> sounds like a yeah. better version of Mass Effect. Johnny, your cozy activity is letting your kids sit on your lap while we're recording. And yeah, and chasing her down when she finds scissors. I didn't know yeah, we're I out. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh no. no. <laughs> So cozy, yeah, so great. Uh, uh, you can probably hear her in the background right now, but um, no, my actual cozy activity is a combination of reading and working on my novel. 
It will probably never actually be finished, but we have a lot of writers. Don't say that, man. We will help you, Johnny. Progress isn't always linear. That's true. That's true. Be nice if it was, though. It would be, yeah. Be great. Yeah. Be great. Well, uh, thank you all for telling me what your cozy activities are. Um, I can't wait to drop void clues in your cozy activities in real life. Oh, no. That is terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think we should do a little recap of what has happened so far, especially recapping what sort of clues y'all have found. So you were at the Brindlewood Bay market on Sundays. Normally can't buy shrimp because the people at the Brindlewood bed and Brindlewood Bay bed and breakfast buy it every time. Brindlewood Bay bed and breakfast BBB. And (laughs) uh, Maxine was like, oh my gosh, there's shrimp here. Let's buy it. Come to find out the reason there's shrimp is because the sheriff has the bed and breakfast locked down because the teacher of a visiting field trip was found dead inside the Brindlewood Bay Museum of Dolls. So spooky. So you go to the museum, investigate a little bit, talk to the curator, Dr. Chanel Brown will be. And then you are like, well, we got to talk to these kids. So you go to the bed and breakfast, talk to all the kids, find out one of the kids, Mary, dead in her chair, in her room. Very gruesome. We see a scene of Dr. Schwab getting shot because she trips over a gun. I was listening to that again today and I was I was cracking up laughing. It's so a, like a tripwire, young man, a tripwire, <laughs> which activated a gun. Oh, so funny. I can I can see it in that like old school, like murder mystery cozy thing. Like you accidentally tripping over the it's very funny. Very funny. Terrifying. Terrifying. But okay. Uh you you uh you investigate and question the kids, talk to them, find out one of them had like a racy video on their camera, on their phone investigated that a little bit talked to her and um i don't know where you are all thinking uh, in terms of like who you think's doing this and i don't want you to tell me right now uh we'll talk about that when you theorize although you can always start to bring up some things you know uh, occasionally during play but let's go over the clues you found i'm gonna go over the the regular clues first and then i'm gonna go over the void clues so Doris found a roll of sturdy wire for doll making in uh, in hanging off of a ceiling tile inside of the museum. Uh, Margaret found a copy of Professor Edwards' latest book, The Modernization of Pastoral America, with its cover ripped off, found on the desk of Dr. Brown Willoughby. Bernice found an antique doll with its head broken open at towards the front entrance of the museum. Uh, I don't remember who exactly found the phone, but you found the phone with a racy uh, video uh, on Angela's phone uh, that uh, Mary had threatened to send to David for out this, this video somehow. You found that Mary had a letter of rejection from Yale, and that was 
partly why she was trying to get this video out. She's trying to get into Yale herself, where Angela's going. And when Doris and Bernice were investigating the body, they found a brass museum badge with its pin broken and sharp inside of the left armpit on Mary's body. Now for the void clues. Margaret had a void dream at the start of episode one in which a bunch of baked goods were sliced open to reveal fresh pulsating maggots instead of whatever fruit was supposed to be in them. Doris was looking at a painting in the museum, and every time that she would look away and look back, uh, a woodland creature in the painting was dead. Bernice found on the floor of the entrance to the museum a ticket that looked like it was in the style of the Museum of Brindle Dolls, but the text was unreadable and eldritch. And Doris smelled a bunch of flowers that smelled like rotting meat, but just to her. We're gonna start tonight, we're gonna do things a little differently. Uh, Margaret has the move Dale Cooper, which uh, at the beginning of each session, the keeper will give you a void clue in the form of a strange, unsettling dream you experience. Uh, since it's every session, you know, most people play every session three, four hours or whatnot. Uh, I wanted to give Johnny a little bit of use out of this move. So when at first we were thinking, ah, maybe only one void clue at the very start of the mystery. I want to give Johnny another void clue. So we open tonight open to the sound of crashing waves hitting a rocky shore the spray of the salt water covers this area in a refreshing mist we continue to watch the waves crash against the shoreline and recede crash and recede crash and recede when the water crashes next it carries a medium piece of metal onto the shore and the water recedes again and when it does we follow the water out and we see a wide angle of the entire shoreline that's just littered with pieces of metal some small some huge all of them though have these strange lines and symbols scattered throughout car some are carved directly onto the hole uh, some in paint some like like they're etched with a knife, others inked with blood. As we start panning down the beach, we see a body laying on a large piece of metal. The clothes of this person uh, are tattered, barely there. You can't really see what he's wearing, but clearly they've been through an ordeal. And as we linger on this body for just a moment, eventually two pairs of feet walk into the shot. We see these figures reach down, grab this body and pick it up and carry it out of the shot. And beneath where that body was laying, there's a piece of metal and we see on it a Nazi swastika. And the bottom third shows up in like a cutesy cozy font that says Brindlewood Bay, spring 1942. We now cut to a man. He's holding a military cap in his hand 
the salt and pepper crew visible to everyone before putting on his hat. He's wearing a clean pressed military uniform and he's walking at this brisk pace down this hallway. He extends his hand and types a code into a keypad. Beep, beep, beep. Whoosh. The door opens and we see a hallway with a number of doors off of it to either side. Each door appears to have a similar lock and a large window for viewing that looks into the room. A young man wearing a lab coat rushes up to the older military officer. And before the young man can say anything, the military officer says gruffly, where is he? The man in the lab coat points to the end of the hallway and the two start walking down. And as we do, we hear the shouts from the rooms as they walk past. Most just completely mad and nonsensical. And then the pair at the cell, uh, the cell, the pair stop at the end of the hallway. The figure from the beach is now conscious, sitting cross-legged on the ground with his back turned to the window. He, um, he hasn't said anything since he woke up. The man in the lab coat offers, trying to cut through this palpable uncomfortability. We tried to see what he remembers, but he won't say anything. Uh, based on a few pieces we found on the beach, he's likely been at sea for a couple months now. The military man just stares into the cell. Unlock it, he says. But sir, we don't unlock it, the man shouts. Dejected, the lab coat types in the key code. The door beeps and the military officer walks in. Sort of saddles up to this man sitting on the ground. Tell us who you are. Silence. Tell us who you are and we can see about getting you some sort of plea deal, son. The figure stands up slowly. I am a son. In fact, before I was motherless, adrift in the sea of unconsciousness, existing but not living. No, I am no longer nothing. I am a child. I have been found. And the man turns around to face the military officer, completely expressionless on his face. And he starts slowly walking towards the man until both are standing face by face, face to face in front of the large window. The lab coat on the other side watches, waiting for the conversation to go wrong. Please just tell us where you came from. How, how long you've been at sea? Are there others? With an absolutely blank face, the man says, Oh, there are others. Not my brothers from the fatherland. No, 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 no. My family comes from somewhere else. Sir, I think he's insane, the man in the lab coat shouts. So the military officer sighs, looks at the young man standing next to him, nods his head, and walks out the door. The lab coat types in the code, the door opens, and the military officer walks out. The officer stands at the large window, now facing the man on the opposite side of the window. The lab code starts to enter the code again to lock the door. And in that moment that the code beep locks, the door has to wait a moment to finish locking. The young German man, still completely expressionless, just stares at the officer. Fee will be siblings one day too, I think. 
and he slams his head against the wall. Slam, slam, slam. Cracks start forming while the officer shouts to the lab coat to open the door. The lab coat frantically tries entering the code, but the key code hasn't turned over yet. Seconds pass, and while the man keeps slamming his head against the cell and the glass over and over again, the code's entered, the door beeps, and the two rush into the cell, only to witness the body fall over unconscious. As the two look in horror at what they just saw, the officer looks at the man in the lab coat. Clean up the beach. No one can know. Get it done. The man nods, and the two leave the cell. We cut back to the beach, as now a handful of people in hazmat suits are cleaning up. They're taking these metal pieces and tossing them in the back of a military truck. And we see in the middle of the wreckage, a doll. Its eyes closed, propped up against a piece of large metal. The metal is riddled with esoteric symbols. To the right of the doll is a radio. We start zooming in on this doll as around the peripheral, we see scientists cleaning up the wreckage. The radio flickers on and an old timey slow jazz melody starts playing with haunting horns in the background accompanied by a ethereal alto voice the telltale signs of crackling low distortion as we continue to zoom in the radio flickers again and this time we hear the voice of dr schwab but it's cutting in and out if you're hearing this talk the year 2024 don't repeat don't grit stanton and the radio starts to die before going silent. Our vision just sees the doll now amidst the debris. The scientists are no longer visible. And then the string on the back of the doll pulls itself. Its eyes open and they stare directly at us for a moment before saying, We see you, Margaret Stanton. And then, <clears throat> Margaret, you sat down for a moment in the bed and breakfast and must have nodded off. But you wake up from this vision. Oh, um, I didn't, I didn't realize I'd fallen asleep. Um, Margaret looks around and she's like flustered. She's trying to gather herself. Um, And I think she just kind of, she doesn't mention the dream to anyone. But she remembers the voice on the radio and just kind of eyes Dr. Schwab just a little bit suspiciously. Feeling sleepy, Margaret? Quite. I'm, I'm, I'm not enough excitement, really. <laughs> There's plenty. I think I just, um, I think I just, um, too much, too much. Hmm. What are the rest of you doing? You just finished interrogating the high school students. There are two potential leads that you haven't talked to yet. One is Fimbley, the security guard back at the Museum of Brindle Dolls. Two is Dr. Uh, Subramanian, who you have not seen. He was not at the museum. He's not here at the bed and breakfast. You're not sure where he is. But those are two people you haven't talked to yet that might be able to give you some clues. Well, the easier lead to follow would definitely be the bodyguard. Yes, we should go um, back to the 
the museum and talk to that guard. Very well. All right. Uh, as you <laughs> as you make your way back to the Museum of Brindle Dolls, there is a woman standing outside of the museum. Uh, she's a about as old as the rest of you. Uh, she's got this uh, picket sign and she's just like walking back and forth in front of uh, Richard, the guard who is still standing there, Richard Stanton. And you're you're too far away, but you can tell that she's shouting. Uh, and as you get closer, you can hear her shouting, don't take our history away from us. Let us have our history safe. Save what? <laughs> it's all of you. Well, surely you must be. You must care. You've been in Brindlewood Bay just as long as I have. We will not stand for these modern scholars coming in and mucking up our history. Is that right, ladies? I'm afraid I don't agree with you, dear. I, I do not associate with you. I what? <laughs> I don't understand. Check the wrinkles, darling. You're looking at history. Just care. I just care that people learn about the true history of Brindlewood Bay. And these fancy scholars from out of town, this Subramanian and the man who died, they're just ruining everything. How? Well, they're saying that there's nothing special about Brindlewood Bay or special about our museum or any of our history at all. They say it's just random and not important folklore and we will not stand for it. Isn't that right, ladies? Is she only addressing us ladies or are there ladies <laughs> in her room? No, no, it's just you. Oh. No, it's We're just all just you. stare at her. Perhaps if you were so against him, maybe you had something to do with his murder. Oh, no, I've... What? No. Look at me. You even said I'm covered in wrinkles. I was referring How to myself, darling, but all right. Let's uh, let's let's move along it then. It appears, Doris, she's too thick to have murdered anyone. We wish you all the best in your protest, or whatever this is. Get them out! She's screaming as you continue to walk past. <laughs> Not until they're innocent, thank you. Uh, and you walk past. Uh, I'm just mostly surprised that the conversation ended with maybe you killed him. And she said no, and you're like, all right, cool. Carry on. <laughs> That's what caught me off guard, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, she probably Whatever. She's too. We already addressed she's too thick to kill anyone. She's too thick. <laughs> but. T H I C C. The two C's in a Q, buddy. Two C's in a Q. Oh, yeah. uh, you carry on, uh, and um, where you saw Fimbley last time was actually outside of the uh, gift shop, which is a separate building just off of the museum. And you still see him there. He's sort of just like hanging out in the gift shop. Is he still just staring and at he us? Sees, <laughs> yeah, he sees you coming and just. Uh, he was like, uh, he was looking at something and he was kind of smiling at what he was looking at. And then he sees you all come and scowls immediately. <laughs> oh, good day, Mr. Finley. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. 
It's not a good day. Someone was murdered. That's exactly why we're here. So we're making it a good day for you. All right. You're going to have to explain how murder could be good at all. Look, I'm in charge of making sure this place is safe and someone was murdered here. So there's no possible way in which you could convince me that any sort of like malfeasance is a good day. You were just smiling, though. No, I wasn't smiling. No, I don't smile. (laughs) Is, is he like standing in front of a specific kiosk? Can we see what he was looking at? Uh, you're, you can see in his hand, uh, he's just got like a, it's like a whittled bird. It's just like a wood bird <laughs> statue that he whittled. <laughs> I said, and he like quickly puts it behind his back. I don't know what you're talking about. I never smile. Smiling gives evil a chance to <laughs> sneak in past me. Like your teeth? <laughs> Through the gaps of your teeth. Through the gaps of my teeth. Stupid. Once they get inside, there's no getting it out. Jesus. Better be careful for cavities. What are cavities? We we had some questions. I don't know if I want to talk to you. (laughs) You you have been talking to us. That's what we've been doing this entire time. Wow, blast it. All right, all right. I already talked to the sheriff. What do you think you're going to figure out that he can? The murderer. All right. Our sheriff is a very decorated war hero who has solved a number of murders. Yes, and we've solved a number of them as well. It's true. I guess, though, if you compare the amount of life he still has to solve murders to the life that you have to solve murders, he's going to win out on that one, sweetie. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. All right, I get you. So would anyone like to ask him questions now? Where, where were you on the, the night that um uh, that murder happened? It was just last night. Uh, yes, where were you last night? The night that the murder happened. <laughs> well, I was here helping Dr. Brown Willoughby clean up and then lock up. And uh, then I patrolled the grounds outside. Just making sure that no more hoodlums can get past me. Did you see anything in the shadows? Why don't you roll a medal? <laughs> um, okay. I guess would be a reason. <laughs> Ten. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, it's a, what, a 12 plus. Okay, so just a 10. All right. You know, now that you mention it, there was a moment that I thought that there was something in the woods right by the museum. I went over to investigate and I didn't see nothing, so I just assumed I was a deer. Uh, maybe I scared one of them hoodlums away. Well, I investigated around a little bit and only thing I could find was, well, it looked like a footprint just outside of one of the windows of the museum. Which window was that? I can show you this way. He ambles over to, uh, and it's like sort of on the back side. There's like a window that's a little bit higher up on the second floor. I just assume ain't nobody can climb. Ever since you guys put that climbing killer away, no one else in town can really climb like that. I just assumed it. Oh, might have been me walking around when I was on my rounds. Does the footprint match your shoe? Uh, he's he's wearing sandals. 
<laughs> is this like a bear footprint? No, he's not. Okay. <laughs> he's just a bear. No. Uh, you know, that's a good question. Were you one of them fancy city crime scene investigators? Asking questions like just that. Just like on the television, darling. Mm, well, this ain't your fancy city. This is Brittlewood. We do live here as well. Yeah, longer than you. <laughs> Why are you avoiding showing us the bottom of your shoe? <laughs> oh, I'll show you. He shows both the bottoms of his shoes. At the same time. And they're muddy. And he falls over. At the same time. No, no. He shows one at a time. He shows <laughs> the bottom of his shoes. And, uh, I mean, they're dirty because he walks around on rounds outside of the Museum of Brindleballs. And it's, uh, the, the shoe itself has been, uh, the, the footprint itself. It's decent sized. I, I couldn't put an exact number on it because I also don't know the exact number of all the shoe sizes of all the suspects. Uh, so we'll just say it's a better average sized shoe, but you can tell it's been like a little, um, it's not fresh, so it's hard to tell exactly how big the shoe itself was. So it could have been a shoe, but could could have been a shoe. Could not have been. In other words, we're eliminating the extremes. We don't see an extremely small or large footprint. I am saying you cannot tell really what size the footprint is. Between 8 and 14. Anywhere between. It's between between a women's women's 5 and a men's 12. (laughs) Does the tread Mm. match? I I am telling you that the footprint, you can clearly see a footprint. It has been uh other dirt has moved around maybe there's some other footprints near it uh maybe there's a little light rain this morning so the details of said footprint are not readily available the fact that there is a footprint near a window near where somebody was murdered last night is inherently suspicious Hmm. are there any signs of tampering with the windows of the exterior of the building near said footprints Ah, what a wonderful question. Um, from the first floor, it's hard to tell. Someone could climb up there. Maybe the climbing uh, killer. You're going to have to go to prison. Get him to help you. <laughs> Lenore, you were once an Olympian. How kind of you to remember. Should we go inside and take a look at that window from there? That would be easier than pole vaulting <laughs> up the side of the building, Margaret. But far less impressive. Ah, uh, well. Touche. Passage just gets into a horse stance in front of the window and just gets ready to pull, push somebody up. <laughs> oh. Don't you Don't you have that move? Yes, I do. It's a climbing move? I have a, an extreme no. acrobatics move. What, are you mm. talking, to, yeah. talking to Oni? I'm talking to Dr. Schwab. Yes, I do. Yeah, your Cold Seavers move. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I was just expecting a higher pressure moment to pull vault, but it's all good. Oh. <laughs> or perform some other acrobatic. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's up to you. You could use it now if you want. There's not like wild, death defying acrobatic action in Brindlewood Bay. This is a cozy game called Cozy fair. Moments. How about a That's cozy pole vault? That's fair. <laughs> cozy pole vault. That's fair. Okay. So to, to be clear, though, so like, that's the situation. We're standing at the out- exterior ground level of a building. Mm-hmm. We see footprints, yeah. but we don't see any sign of mud or struggle or anything up the side of the first floor, correct? Uh, not without, like, getting up there and looking. Like, I have to climb a floor onto a rooftop to see if there's something up there? Is that what you're suggesting? Okay, cool. Yeah, right. I think All so. Right. 
Well, I suppose I could do a little something. Oni? <laughs> there go. Uh, now, I automatically get a 12 plus on this, so I'm not even rolling. Yeah. I just oh, move like no a roll. goddess. <laughs> but let me, let's, let's stop for a moment, because this is actually the perfect time to mention that the sun has now oh. set, and the day move has turned to the night move. <gasps> Gasp. <laughs> Everything is much more risky at night. Now, thankfully, because of... Uh, Steve, why don't you read your move for the... Uh, the sure, here. so my maven move is called Colt Seaver, so once per session, uh, which we're using across this whole recording, I believe, Dr. Schwab can take a 12-plus on any roll related to a wild or daring physical feat. And uh, with the sun setting, time is of the essence, so rather than taking the stairs... She will step onto Oni's wonderful horse stance support. I imagine you're putting like both hands together in the center, Oni. Yep. up. <laughs> and she will leap to the first floor, <laughs> grab the side of the gutter, and hoist herself onto the rooftop. <laughs> She's a deity. As she uh, leaps into the air, you can see kind of beneath her floral dress that she does wear spandex. <laughs> clearly, clearly waiting for such a moment at any ripe time. A lovely view up here. What well, do I see, let me, Justin? Let me read. Let me read the night move here. Oh, sure. When you do something risky or face something you fear at night, mm. you gotta tell me what you're afraid of or what would happen if you lose your. Nerve. So we're dope. So this, this is, this is not part. a separate move. My maven move. We're calling it a night move. Okay. No, no. Your Maven, your Remington Steel gives you a 12 plus on the night move. The Cold but I'm reading the night move just for, for Cold yep. Seavers. Sorry. Cold Seavers gives you a 12 plus on the night move. I'm just reading it for the listeners and for cool, you guys. Cool. Okay. Uh, when you do something riskier, face something you fear. Name what you're afraid of or what will happen if you fail or lose your nerve. Pretty similar to the day move. Now, here's the thing. During the night move, I will tell you how it is so much worse than you actually fear. And you can choose to back down or go through with it. Now, because Cold Series gives you a 12 plus, you do what you intend to and you hold steady. And I will give you an extra benefit or advantage. You've already described how you pull vault off of Oni to the window on the second floor. And uh, yes, and I will tell you that you do see tampering on the window. In fact, it looks like it isn't shut completely. Yeah. So should I tell you what I'm afraid of? And right now? I, I will say, don't worry about okay. it right now, only because uh, you rolled a twenty plus. Cool. Um, you know what else you find? What? In like the corner of the window. Maybe the reason why it hasn't closed completely. Uh, you see what looks like a, a tube of sunscreen, like a small personal tube of sunscreen. And this is on the roof exterior. This is what's actually preventing the window from being closed completely. Ah, it's lodged in there. Dr. Schwab hollers down to the group. Someone got into this window. Come around. You too, security boy. <laughs> Come. Wait, where are we going? Sorry. I, uh, I don't know uh, if I was up picturing the stairs, the ideally, inside. <laughs> like the other side of the window inside? Yeah. All right, everybody, this way. Come with me. Let's move it along now. Come on, come on. Dr. Schwab leans into the window 
Is there anything she sees through the window? What room is she looking into? Uh, the Museum of Brindle Dolls is actually just one like big room. Ah. But you are, it you know the ceiling is high enough that there's like a a window on this on what would be the second floor if there was one. Okay. So in other words, this way it looks like it just drops down into the museum. Into the museum. Yep. Okay. As they come in through the other side. I will open the window further and throw the tube of sunscreen down into the midst of them. Evidence! (laughs) This person was clearly afraid of the sun, but not afraid to get their hands dirty. Uh, When Dr. Schwab throws it, the sunscreen cap comes off. It is not (gasps) sunscreen inside. Oh no. It's acid. It is what looks like a a little plastic tube that would fit in that sunscreen bottle filled with this like brown sloshing liquid. Where does it fall? It sort of tinks down onto the onto the floor in front of you. Tink, 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 tink. Doesn't break. It's just sitting there. Schwab looks down and it, it looks curiously brown instead of what she would expect for sunscreen. <laughs> uh, what is it? I, I pick it up and I look at it and I... How big is this tube exactly? Can I fit it in between my um, my fingers like that? Easily, yep. And I shake it. What happens to it? it? Sloshes around in there. Nothing happens. It's just a liquid. Be careful. It could be poison, Bernice. There's like a little cap on top to unscrew. So I look at, I was going to call him Danny because it's just Danny on his little thing. (laughs) Doris. Doris. I look at Doris and just kind of give her a look. And then I hand her my, this is the one time I do it. And if I ever do it, I only do it to Doris. I hand her my wine glass to hold. (gasps) Wow. um, That's ultimate Grabs it with both hands incredibly carefully and just holds it close to to her heart. Don't drop it. And then... (laughs) I want more and longer conversations between Bernice and and Doris. They're very short conversations. (laughs) But they're they're fire. Okay, so then I... I, Is it like a... What type of cap is it? Is it like a screw cap or do I have to pop it open? It's like a little like... No, it's a little screw cap, yeah. Okay. Um, I reach into my pocket and grab... A Kleenex, so that way I don't get my fingerprints on it. Okay. And then I twist it open, and then I just smell it. What do I smell? It's, it's perfect that Bernice is the one to smell this. Oh, God. Because you know whiskey when you smell oh. it. Oh, this is real good. And I just <laughs> take a little swig. <laughs> Schwab oh, reaches a, out. Just, just Bernice! <laughs> hey, that there's evidence. Is it good, though? <laughs> Real good. And then I... Uh, Real good what? Do you mind man passing that around? That's no. it. I'm coming down. What is going on down there? <laughs> and Schwab starts less gracefully making her way back <laughs> off of the rooftop. <laughs> down the better. I just well, imagine her like, just slowly kind of like crawling <laughs> down. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I do think that is risky enough to warrant another night move. Though. Me? I what was I so. going to do? Wait for someone to bring a ladder? 
I, I, I just drop oh, in the no. I, I catch you. Couldn't you like walk through the the window that you? He's I think it was into open f- air. Like it, Justin oh. was saying, there's no second floor. It would just be a drop either yeah, way. So no I'd rather drop onto the Correct. grass and mud outside. It's like it's like a, a high ceiling inside of the museum. So there's like a low, so that's like why a low a layer window. of windows and a higher layer of windows. Yeah, close to the just ceiling. vaulted ceiling yeah, exactly. or whatever. So yeah, exactly. Into the bushes I go. All right, I won't make you roll. You you land into the bushes. Oh, real real quick, Justin, as um, Eleanor is climbing down, Doris will like look at the window and like like examine the ceiling. Is the window that was uh-huh. tampered with pretty much a straight shot um, to the ceiling tile that was out of place? Sure. All right. Doris will definitely. Doris says, mm, "That's very interesting, girls. Look at that." And she points to the um the ceiling the ceiling tile. Is that's that's uh, where I found this? And she holds up the um the wire that she made that she found the doll making wire. And goes it's something to think about. Uh, I I guess. And then she puts the wire back in her pocket while trying not to spill the glass of wine that Bernice handed her. Yeah, you, why don't you hand that over? Okay, yeah, here we go. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Mm-hmm. And then I pass a, I, I pass the little vial to who's the person next to me, other than Doris. Oh, you know what? The switch. You hand me the the wine. I'll hand you the, the vial. Oh, okay. Doris grabs the vial and gives it to whoever's next to her instantly. She just holds out her hand for someone to grab it. Doesn't even look. <laughs> Margaret will take it and <laughs> put it in a little bag and put it in her good, pocket. Good. Yep. <laughs> so, okay, for, this is for me as an aside. Did we identify the liquid? I just drinking this yeah. liquid. It's wi- oh, yeah, it's whiskey. whiskey. But okay. I didn't say it actually, so I don't know if any. Yeah. You didn't say. It. You just okay. <laughs> you just saw Brittany yeah, yeah, be yeah. like, "Oh yeah, that's good." Yeah, meta. We we confirmed what it was in the game. We yes. did not. Uh, it was whiskey. So Doctor Schwab busts in, covered in brambles and dirt, but otherwise looking still pristine. Is <laughs> <laughs> like, just what are you doing drinking that? It's whiskey. Oh. oh, well, just what are you doing withholding that from me, <laughs> Margaret? You were up there. <laughs> it is evidence, girls. We cannot drink it. I had to identify it. Thank you for your expertise. Benice. Who hides whiskey in a sun- sunscreen bottle? Are you sure it's whiskey? Maybe I should take a sip just to just to make sure it's. Whiskey. Are you not working right now? How could, why would you ever try and get me to drink whiskey on duty? That is, Miss Stanton, I can't believe you at all. Nervous some people. For shame. Yes, yes, all right. Mm. Anywho. We still need to find Superman, Professor Supermanion. Well, you're looking, you're looking for Dr. Supermanion? Yes, you know where he is. Well, last I heard, he was uh, running an Airbnb in the middle of town. Hasn't, I haven't seen him since. <coughs> His voice is really taking a number on Justin's throat. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't seen him. Uh, he, yeah, he's he's renting out of that Airbnb somewhere in town. Do you have a record of the address for that Airbnb? Yeah, I think I can find that somewhere. And he he goes off for a moment and comes back. It took me a moment, but uh, here we go. Thank you. You were helpful. Well, then, thank you. That might have kind of you to say. Goodbye. Bye. I don't know. If you, I, don't I, wanna, I don't know. you don't want to stick around? No. I was about to Wait. bust out some uh, 
cheese and meat and have myself a little little charcuterie board. Wait, what did you think of James Edward? <sighs> he was a right interesting one. I don't trust people like him, if I'm being completely honest. Like what? City folk coming in with their city ways, telling us how do we live our lives here in Brindlewood Bay. Always trying to change and modernize and update. I think that we are fine just as we are. Is that why you killed him? <laughs> I did not kill him. I am here to protect this beautiful, beautiful museum. What did his face look like when I said that? Uh, he has been just completely like gruff and almost expressionless the entire time you've been with him. <laughs> well, what about the students? Did you have any opinions on um, Mary? Oh, well, let me tell you about those students. They were troublesome. In fact, some might say they were hoodlums. Running around my museum, treating it like it's just some ordinary museum. No, no, sorry. This is not an ordinary museum. It is. A, you've been here. It is a living thing. It's got blood and memories and some of that flesh. That made of them dolls is a very living thing. Its bones are my bones. Don't you forget about it. I protect that. I protect it like I protect myself. What? This has been a very <laughs> off-putting <laughs> conversation. But thank you. Did yeah. you say flesh? Did you this, say bones? This feels like failed poetry. Did you say blood? But well, is not a poet. Family just protects things and guards things. You're right. Maybe I should give up my artistic endeavors and just go back to making charcuterie boards. No, no. The, the whittled bird you're doing is very nice. But uh, speaking of blood and flesh and bones is a bit uh, sus, as the youths say. Who let Dr. Schwab onto TikTok? No. She just really likes Among Us. Just no. Well, uh... I'm going to go eat my charcuterie board and stare at my bird. <laughs> We're going to go solve a murder. You ladies have a wonderful night. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Ta-ta. <laughs> when we, uh, once we're outside, I'm going to say to the other, other ladies, ladies, uh, do you think that there's a, a chance that this uh, concealed alcohol belonged to one of the students? Yes. They did have that party. No. But their alcohol you don't think so. at the party, was it the same? Children are the only ones to save, to hide whiskey. Uh, I don't suspect an um, adult um, feeling any reason to conceal whiskey. You know, Brenda Wood has Unless they were like a teacher or something. Oh. Ooh. Kids don't need to hide alcohol so in such a ingenious way mm. they just need to hide it I was a principal I will tell you from my experience children will find the most creative ways to hide their illicit substances yeah, but kids would have just poured it into the, the sunscreen bottle they wouldn't have had a special container inside to keep it from getting dirty <laughs> maybe maybe not no it's true in this story it could be it could be a kid. again uh, none of the clues ever 
dis like disregard someone or pin it down to someone else until we make it so as you are making your way to the center of town to the address of the airbnb um i should mention too at this point you now have eight clues so if you were to officially theorize you would be rolling with a plus two uh, as you walk out, you are still seeing that young woman, or the old woman. The old woman is still there. And uh, at this point, Richard Stanton, the guard, is like, Ma'am, I. it is getting very late, and I would love to get home. I won't leave until those people leave us alone! Ma'am, can we just pick this up in the morning? Fine! I'm going to bed! I'll see you in the morning! <laughs> That was so easy. And they begin walking off as well. You make your way to the apartment uh, that Dr. Subramanyan is renting out while he is a visiting scholar here. Uh, it's in uh, the it's like at the top floor of like a mom and pop like soda shop. Um, so you like go to the side of the soda shop and there's a door and stairs that, that go up and you walk up and you're outside of the front door now. And, you know, maybe one of you tries it and it's locked. And no answer. If we knock, you knock, no answer. Still no answer. Yeah. He's either deaf. Or he's not there. Or he's dead. Mm. Oh, yeah. Good point, Maxine. I don't think we can let it stop us now with lives at stake. Anyone know how to uh, pick a lock? No. Nah, I give it a shot. Okay, Oni. Show us what you've got. <laughs> uh, night move, right? Well, this, yes, this definitely seems like the night move for your role. Why don't you first uh, tell me what you're afraid will happen if you fail or lose your nerves? I don't lose my nerve. Just break the lock, right? Afraid will happen. <laughs> yeah, break the lock. Not only will the lock break, but the the person renting out this is the owner of the mom and pop soda shop downstairs, and they are coming upstairs at this moment to check on Dr. Subramanian. So they will see you trying to break into their rented Airbnb apartment. And I can just choose not to do that, right? You can choose not to go through with it if you want. Can we just ask them, like, if they're already checking on them? Yeah, when he just turns around awkwardly and exits the yeah. lock stance. <laughs> well, that's what that's what would happen if you go through with it. Uh, oh, so they're right? not going to come and just solve our problem for us. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'll do it. All right. Uh, wait, what am I rolling with? Uh, Can you tell yeah, me? I gotta tell you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hmm. Maybe go with composure. Okay. All right. If your maven's action requires a steady hand, calm disposition, or intense yeah. concentration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright. 11. Alright, on an 11. You do what you intend and you hold steady. Describe what it looks like. Yeah, uh... Oni's been up to some stuff in her life. She actually does know how to pick locks. <laughs> uh, so she just, like, takes out, like, a hairpin here and, like, you know, a little 
I don't know, let's say like a hairbrush or something, and just uses the back of the hairbrush and the hairpin and just like forces the lock. The door busts open and the lights are all on. Uh, and it's at this moment that the, the door to the bathroom opens and this very posh looking man steps out uh, and he's like, um, excuse me, what are you doing in my apartment? What is going on? Yeah, you left the door open. We thought you were dying. Uh, the door was not open. I locked it this morning because I have been stuck in here. I do not want to go back to that museum. So I know it's not open because I've been here all day. You are correct, Professor. Very astute. However, we were rightly worried that you were dead. Was that you shouting in my hallway? All of us in turn, yes. Of course. Dr. Schwab just steps past the the door frame and into the place. <laughs> uh, come in, I guess. Uh, I think you already know who I am. I'm Dr. Subramanian. Um, happy to let you break into my home. Is there something I can get for you? Well, you can- A drink, some food. Tea would you be fine. Worried? My valuables. Like wine. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Wine. Wine for the intruders. Perfect. Yes. Not going to get you wine. You don't deserve wine. Tell me what you're doing. Why here. are you afraid to go back to the museum? There was a dead body. My colleague. Yes, yeah, so one of the students is dead now, too. What? That's why we were worried about you. Poisoned, I suspect. Well, thank you for checking on me. The only poison I've got here is the wine I'm not giving to Bernice. How, how do you know her name? Stop. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I Rabbit trail. It's a Good question. It's a v- very tiny city. We all pretty much know each other. We're also pretty famous. It's easy to forget. I mean, I wouldn't. S- you're like small city famous, so not. That is the whole city, young man. Now, what was your connection with these children, respectively? Did you like the boy in boat shoes with money pouring out of his pockets? He was a. He was a posh little piece of. <laughs> couldn't agree more. Don't know what you want me to say. He was he was an absolute bore. He was miserable. I hated it. No, it was it, I am an esteemed professor of American folklore and I am stuck here teaching these children and most of them, a couple of them, a couple of them were kind of bright, but that David was an absolute buffoon. And to be fair, if I'm being completely honest, both of the students weren't that bright either. Weren't as smart as me. <laughs> Constance puffs her cigarette and goes, yeah, I did not like you. <laughs> Just start lighting up the smoking inside his place. I love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Can you put that out, please? There's no smoking in here. They're going to make me pay a fee after when I leave here. Can you? Sorry. So, yeah, she just puts it behind. She says, yeah, sure, sure. And then just does not does not put it out. Just when she thinks Smoke she's not rising she behind another. her. It's <laughs> yeah, very, I very clear. It. I mean, I can, I can see the smoke behind you, so I know it's not out. But, like. um, <laughs> I really can. I really can. It's, it's, it's like when I forgot that flame emits light. 
in the in the alleyway <laughs> where Rosak met Chopin. <laughs> yes. Okay. What did you think of Professor Edwards? Uh, why don't you roll a medal? Okay. Um, I'm gonna do reason again because asking general thoughts. A nine. Okay. Complication. He. He's like, oh, I am so sorry. I forgot that I have uh, a kettle on in the kitchen. Do you mind if I just pop in there real quick? And uh, you can hear like whistling in the background. Well, you did offer us tea. How about we go with you so you can tell us? Oh, no, really, it's fine. No, what kind of Englishman would I be if I did not get tea for all of you? Oh, we'll just be following. You'll need extra hands to carry it all. Ah, uh, fine. Um, fine. Uh, and he turns around, and um, Maxine, you see in his back pocket, there is a, like a piece of paper. It looks weathered and old. And it's just kind of sticking out of his back pocket as he walks towards the kitchen with you following. Can I tell what it says at all? It's just like the corner of it. It looks like it's folded up. Maybe it was put away hastily when you all walked in. Can I reach out and grab it? You certainly can with the night move. Okay. Uh, tell me, tell me what you fear would happen if you fail or lose um, your nerve. That he would catch me trying to do this. That's that makes sense. Oh boy, what could be worse than that? He falls on a knife and impales himself. That'd be that'd be worse. What? <laughs> another gun trip wire would be terrible. Another gun trip wire. <laughs> No, that would that would be a little too on the nose. I feel. Um. Uh. W- what's worse is that he will call the police on you for trespassing and thievery. Do you want to continue going through with it, or do you want to back off? Uh, just as a little side thing, just Maxine, right? Not the rest of the group. <laughs> <laughs> it is just yeah. I'm giving Maxine this opportunity because she's no, the one. No, that no, sees no, no. I mean, like. She will be the one being charged, not the rest of the group. Uh, no, it'll be all of you. Oh. Group heist of that one <laughs> piece of paper in his pocket. Will we want it after this? Choose wisely, Maxine. <laughs> I think instead I'm going to um, ask him about it. What is that in your pocket? I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. There's a piece of paper in your pocket. Can I see it? Just, just... I think I would know if I had a piece of paper in my pocket. I don't... I don't have anything there. Oh my goodness, look down and pull out the paper. It kind of like <laughs> shuffles and pushes it down. I, there's nothing in my pocket. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. You just pushed it back in. Pushed uh, what back in? I'm sorry. Empty your pockets, scoundrel. I don't think I have to do that um, in my own apartment. Regardless of which apartment we're in, fine. And she empties her pockets, and there's just tons <laughs> of different drugs. 
paraphernalia. Yeah. Not paraphernalia, just like very, very like differentiated packages of pills and other substances. Yeah. And teas and the like and lozenges and Werther's candies and crushed up Smarties. Uh, here's what I need. I, I, I think we need something. Someone's got a roll to convince him to empty his pockets. So who's going to roll it? Maybe Schwab at this point. She's like, would that be composure to to, to, to detect? It could be composure. I could see composure going for Um, the intimidate. I, well, that would be presence. Oh, presence. All right. Well, there's a nice salad plus zero. Uh, First, though, tell me, tell me what you fear would happen if you fail or lose your nerve. Hmm. If you are not able to convince him that this will be a dead end and that we'll walk away without any real information. Okay, remember that. That's what will happen. Okay, could happen. All right, let's roll it. Presence six. <laughs> I'm not feeling very present, everyone. You're not feeling very present. No. I, forgive me, I don't yes. remember exactly how this works, but could she put on a crown to change that failure? Uh, after I describe it right. okay. is when she can put on the crown, if she so chooses. But I've already put on a crown. Do I have one more crown? You have, of the void um, or no? no? Oh, okay. You, can, you, you would go down in order on the crown of the queen, and then you can choose to put on a crown of the void if you want to. So you can choose between the crown of the queen and crown of the void. If you choose crown of the queen, you go down that list. Oh. Crown of the void, you can just other way around. But yeah. yeah, is it? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh no, I don't. In fact, I think it is time I call the sheriff and tell him that the six of you have broken into my home, accosted me, demanded that I empty my pockets. Um, so no, I will not be. And he pulls out his cell phone and dials the number and it's ringing. Uh, yes, Sheriff, uh, your, your little mystery birds have, uh, broken into my home. Yes, it's quite annoying. And this would be the moment now, if you wanted to put on a crown of the queen or a crown of the void, you could, Dr. Schwab. Otherwise, the police will show up. And you will not be able to investigate Dr. Subramanian anymore. So if I do this, if I put on a crown of the queen and I choose one of these, you will somehow alter what is how this is playing out? Correct. Okay, like I don't have to choose something that will somehow lend itself to that. No, uh, yeah, so again, it, it could be one of two things. Either something in the flashback maybe actually helps you, or as Johnny had suggested, uh, we just see a, a moment at the end of this Maven story, and that's not actually what happened. We we visit an alternate reality. I want to pass on it. Just let yep. it go. Okay. He's sort of uh, holding you off, and eventually the sheriff busts in. He's like, "Ladies, ladies, I let you talk to the students. I did not let you burst into people's homes." We will investigate this. I have already questioned Dr. Subramanian. It is time for the six of you to leave. Before we go, can I please just use the restroom? Yes, fine. It's down the hallway. Thank you. 
Um, I'm going to go into the bathroom and like just start rifling through things and then quickly like if I don't find anything move to the bedroom as like just sure. not even hiding the fact I'm doing this <laughs> yes Margaret uh, well that sounds like a meddling move and it sounds like potentially the last meddling move in this apartment Yeah, I'll do I'll roll with composure yes I like that five Ugh. yeah uh, so you're rifling around in the bathroom. You don't see anything. You walk out. And what you fail to think about is the bathroom door leads right into the hallway where they all see you. So you like start to turn towards the bedroom. And the sheriff is like, uh, excuse me, Margaret. You use the bathroom. It's it's time to go. I'm going to have to escort you off the premises. And if I catch you guys in here again, I'm going to have to incarcerate you for at least a day. Rather unpleasant. Hmm. Fine. Very well. You did commit a crime, so it's kind of the consequences of that. We were trying to save the young man. He could have been dead in here. Well, he's not. So why don't we just rely on our local law enforcement to keep people safe? Their entire job. And not doing a very good job. All right. I have had it. Dr. Schwab starts stepping out. I am so sorry about that, Dr. Superman. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Just ask him to empty his pockets. I'm not I'm not going to ask him to empty his pockets. I I will. I will question him later. (sighs) Uh, And the sheriff escorts the six of you out. That didn't go well. You've made a grave mistake here, sheriff. And what gave you that idea? Well, he was clearly hiding something. Maxine saw it with her own eyes. Yes, he had some paper stuffed in his back pocket that he refused to show us. Then we will question him through the official channels, through our official murder investigation. He will probably hide it by the time you get around to questioning him. He may, but if he did something that actually needed to be covered up, eventually he'll slip and we'll have reason to suspect him and search his apartment. At this point, I'm going to ask the six of you to please stop investigating this murder. You're a very nice young man, Sheriff, and I think you know we're not going to do that. (laughs) I know it, but you know why I have to say it. Of course. Just promise me you won't break into anyone else's place of residence? Nope. (laughs) <laughs> we did this to save a life, Sheriff. You have my word, Sheriff, that I will not pick another lock. I, I know it was I know it was Oni. I know it wasn't you. I know it was Oni. I, it, was, it wasn't me. Drags the cigarette again. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Sheriff, if you can get that paper for us, then we won't pick any more locks. I will see if I am able to officially obtain that paper from Dr. Subramanian Subramanian, and not steal it from him in his house. If I get it, I will let you read it. Why, thank you. It is the middle of the night. I will be going back to bed. Rest well. Good night. Have a good night. And he walks off. I do hope that young man enjoys sleeping while there's a murder to be solved. 
Are there any windows to the professor's place open? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't learn a <laughs> no, no, you we did not. Too old for that. <laughs> Just learning. I don't know why. We are set in I don't ways. know why I expected you to learn uh, a, a thing at all. Um, Get Maxine. Yeah, I mean, if you walk outside, there are windows to the second story for sure. Could I send my cat up there? What is your intention? I think I know what it is, but I want to make you say it <laughs> to get that slip of paper. Okay. Yo, how genius is this cat? <laughs> That is my question. (laughs) It somehow got that wire for Doris that was like two stories up on the ceiling. So, (laughs) yeah, but that was like I reason that because it's like a dangling line, and like cats love that. That's true. Cats love that stuff. You know what I mean? Like they're a hundred percent gonna see a line and be like, "Let me bat it with my paw." But bring it back down. Well, it like caught on its paw and fell down and. Yeah, it's different than yeah. look for a piece of paper that fits this description. Yeah. Inside the guy's pocket and exactly. bring it back to me. Uh, yeah. If this was Avatar Legends, I'd be like, absolutely. <laughs> Let me totally understand what you're saying. Uh, a real world feline, I'm a little less convinced, okay. would be able to pick up on all that. Um, Wait a second. Justin, do we have access to does any one of us maybe this isn't a Justin question but all of us do any one of us have access to a GoPro or something that we can attach to the cat <laughs> that is hilarious <laughs> well there's also um, disguising as someone else too to try and talk to him <laughs> yeah I mean yeah I have, the Reming- I have the Remington steel uh, move so I can do that but the thing like, I think it's a certain situation where you kind of have to you have to have like Thing is available to you, don't yeah. you, Justin? Like you need like um, unless no, no I, I guess it says no. if there's a piece of identi- if there's a piece of identification or disguise that would help you with the rules, you have magically it. have it. Yeah, say what it yeah. is and add it to your cozy little place. Hmm. Meaning, like a small town, you could always just grab it from your living room and come back here and be like, "All right." I have, I have another question. I'm thinking of a backup option yeah. if this doesn't work. But uh, when we were in the hallway. Was there a fire alarm? Uh, there is probably a fire alarm, yeah. Great. Ooh, I like that one better. If I think I know where this is going. I have an idea, ladies. Margaret walks back inside and <laughs> finds a fire alarm and pulls it. Uh, this definitely seems like something risky. Um, so I think I am going to make you roll the night move okay. for this. Uh Tell me what you fear if you do not do it. I fear the sheriff making good on his promise to put us in jail. That seems pretty fearful. Um, What could be worse than that? (laughs) The sheriff comes and just kills all six of us. (laughs) In cold blood, he just shoots all six of you in the head. I was the murderer. <laughs> uh there will be a little bit of a stampede coming out from the apartment and in the soda shop. Uh and Margaret Stanton will get run over and stampeded on in addition to getting arrested. So she'll be crushed and arrested? Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh no. A punctured lung. <laughs> And an arrest. Okay. 
I'm gonna do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna roll with reason, and here's why I'm rolling with reason because I'm using reason <laughs> to remember exactly where <laughs> the fire alarm was and go directly <sighs> to it. No objections. Cool. Uh, Thirteen. <laughs> okay. She's, she's also I, engaging her mental faculty. Even if I so here's the deal. Even if I'd rolled with something shady. with the plus zero, it'd still be an eleven. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I was gonna say it's probably something more like composure, but so that would have been a twelve. <laughs> okay. All right. Still twelve plus. All right. All right, Johnny, you win this one. <laughs> I feel like he always wins. <laughs> oh. Johnny does get really good yeah. rolls somehow. Not, not when he rolled a uh, five. Not when I rolled a five. Not my last five. roll. Yeah. Just before that. I'm saying the rolls. Yeah. Just yeah. Overall. <laughs> Johnny's playing overall. It's true. Uh, <laughs> the rest of you see Margaret walk in there. That a girl. <laughs> Some minutes pass. You hear. And you see a bunch of people running out of the building and you do not see Margaret because Margaret, you sort of like hid in a broom closet <laughs> off to the side. Uh, and I will say that the extra benefit or advantage you receive is that Dr. Subramanian has left his apartment building. Constance uh, hears the fire alarm and sees people start coming out and she just quietly puts out her cigarette. <laughs> that's a good call that's a good call um margaret uh you know gives it a gives it a little bit of time until she's confident that everyone has made their way out and then goes to yep. dr supermanian's apartment yeah uh the clue has been found so i'm not going to make you roll to find the clue again you rifle around through his apartment the complication that maxine got was that it was on his body so you couldn't grab it at that moment. But you have now found a way past that complication. So on his bedside table, you see a folded up piece of paper. It looks old and weathered. I won't bother opening it now because we should probably jet. So I'm going to put it in my pocket and yep. Yep. run out. Yeah. The rest of you, everyone has run out of the building and then a few moments later you see margaret like slink out and like go maybe the opposite way of the rest of the people that have run out so as not to i'm assuming yeah but you all see margaret slink out to the other side all right well we go over what did you find was this the piece of paper you saw in his pocket yes yes it was what, what does it say let's find out Wait, yeah let's go to the the book club good idea yes uh, you, you go to the top floor of the Candlelight Booksellers, which is where you meet to have your book club discussion. You are standing around Margaret Stanton as she pulls out the note and begins to unfold it. And we will find out what it says oh. next week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. 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 Okay. All right. All right. Enough of that. Uh, it's good. I'm glad. I think we're the theorize is coming. I can't wait to see what you guys come up with. Are you excited? 
Yes. I'm so excited. I hope your minds have been have been thinking and processing. <laughs> nope, Nick's like I have no original thoughts ever. <laughs> There's nothing going on up here. There's just <laughs> goes in one ear, out the other. I have the whole list of clues in front of me, and I'm just like so scattered. I'm just like looking at. It. I'm like none <laughs> of these are related clues. in any way. Like, wow. I can't even construct a story. <laughs> it's fun. I can't wait to see what happens. I can't wait to see what happens. Well, we will. Uh, Steve, any words for our listeners? Yeah, let's plug our pluggables, shall we? If you're enjoying this, um, that makes us really happy, first of all. And second of all, you can help us make more awesome stuff. Uh, if you haven't joined us on Patreon, please consider that. Uh, you get different perks of the different tiers, um, literally for the price of a coffee per month. Like if you just want to ditch one of those overpriced coffees that you already buy a bunch too much. Uh, you could help us out at the $5 a month level and that would be amazing. And you'd also get those Ember Island player perks. So consider that. Get rid of that coffee, but not all of it. Just one of them. Um, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we'd love for your your support. And if you can't support, that's okay. Uh, you can do other stuff. Like yeah. show up at live events and things. Or go to yeah, our Anyone Discord. can join our Discord too. We're just hanging out there, uh, which has been a ton of fun. Love getting to know some of you. And uh, yeah, well, I can't wait to see what you all come up with for who did this murder, double murder, all the way across the sky, all the way across the sky. What? Double rainbow? Like no. double rainbow. No. <laughs> anyway, I was thinking double rainbow, but I was like, maybe not. <laughs> well, I hope your theory is smarter than Steve's joke, and we will see you next week. Bye. 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 Grindlewood Bay is a game written by Jason Cordova. The mystery, Lies and Dolls or a Very Brief Tenure, was written by Sharon Biswas. Tune in next week as the heart of the void inches closer to our mavens.